everyone. Welcome back to Clearly Aligned Podcast. I'm Kelly Tyrrell, um, Clearly Aligned Education Executive and Lead Digital Treatment Planner. And I'm here with the founder, Dr. Stephen Schalk. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Kelly. How are you doing? Good, good. What's new? Oh, you know, just clean checking away as one does. You? Very I good. I know you, you have a, a busy day of case reviews for doctors. Yeah, yeah. It's been going really well. Um, love making those little videos for doctors and hearing their feedback. It's, um, it's so nice to hear some of the feedback, you know, after a long day, I'm by myself a lot, talking to talking myself to yourself, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to this, except you're actually responding does, to me. Does your um, family think you're crazy? Like, do they yeah, sometimes, sometimes think just like, <laughs> Kelly doesn't actually have a job and, and she's just <laughs> gone off the deep end? My, my mom lives with us. And so um, sometimes she'll come at dinner time when we're all sitting around the table, she'll say, Oh, you had a busy day with so many meetings. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I did. And I'm like, Oh, no, that was just me talking to myself, <laughs> just filming these videos, but I like talk for eight oh, hours. That's straight, so and I'm good. animated. So, you know, it seems like I'm having quite a session. But, uh. <laughs> well, and I think the hardest thing and, and I know this from lecturing to a computer screen as well with all the recorded courses is keeping your enthusiasm and passion up like you're talking to someone knowing that yeah. they're going to be listening to you later. Exactly. It's, and it's it, hard. Yeah. And I, I don't, um, I don't really have enough time to go back and like re-listen um, and I'm wordy anyways um, and edit. And so uh, who <laughs> knows what's in there or sometimes you leave it running um, as you know, you get videos processing before you send it off. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, but my, my doctors are like, they're like, I love listening to these. Sometimes there's like a little it's real. strange language thrown in or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, you it get... keeps me on my toes. Just when I think I've heard enough about attachments, then totally. I'm like, Kelly's keeping me awake with her, uh, her little random, yeah. uh, random comments. So and just a, but... a, a pitch to, to everybody who's listening. If this is something that you enjoy and obviously Kelly's treatment planning capabilities are, are just phenomenal. We're doing study clubs that you can come mm. to and these study clubs, then you get Kelly live and in person and, and, and we're going to have other doctors doing them too, but you'll be able to see case setups and, and your own case setups as well as other doctors case setups and really get that live interactive. So then Kelly doesn't feel like such a crazy person talking to yeah. the computer. So I get out once in a while. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, usually so, if we can gather anywhere like between, you know, 12, 16 or however many um, doctors you can gather in a certain location. Yeah. Um, and then usually I'll just ask the doctors who have uh, decided to to gather, like, what do you want me to speak of? Like, is it moving things back, everything distalizing, carries, whatever, yeah, whatever, or exactly. it's mixed dentition or a bits and pieces. Or the last one I did in Ottawa was um, just give me your cases, your current cases of this week. And I asked for them at the beginning of the week and I set them up and then we all got to share everyone's cases. So everyone got the benefit of seeing I mean, there was some crazy hard class resurgical cases down to mixed cases down to like, you know, Everything. just simple crowding, but it was a nice teachable moment. Every, every case has its own little teachable moment. And I think it really consolidates a lot of your bigger courses and draws out lessons from all of them and, and puts them into a, like a little three or four hour um, session. And of course I can do it zoom too. Um, if you have a, a bunch of favorite friends, you want to join on zoom. Yeah. What totally. can we call that wine and something <laughs> wine and wine wine and wine about your cases <laughs> yeah exactly i like the richard lit i used to go do that a lot in detroit that i'd okay. go there and that's where he ran his study clubs and you'd bring cases and you'd go through them with other doctors and you'd you'd bring your progress quote-unquote cases but those were okay. often he always said they should really be called a lack of progress cases and <laughs> it's true it's we all we all have that 
And so being able to be there to help doctors, um, yeah, that's that's what we're here for. I clearly lined like whether it's the online courses, right? We want to yeah. be able to take you from ground level up with with the full comprehensive courses, whether it's study clubs, whether it's ClinCheck reviews and, and case and ClinCheck setups, like we're really here to provide full service that gives you the confidence to do aligner orthodontics confidently. And uh, with that being said, I mean, that kind of ties right into our topic of today's lecture. Mm-hmm. Which Things is, I wish I knew yeah. when I started aligner orthodontics. We're going to yeah. keep it to aligners. Yeah. Um, just, you know, because otherwise we could go on crazy tangents, but, totally. um, you know, we've been in this space long enough, you and I, that, um, we've made all the mistakes, yeah. which is why we know what we know yeah, and exactly. why we or, pursued all of our mentors. Or yeah, yeah, I'll say, cause I, I feel like I, I've made a lot of mistakes, but what I will say on the flip side is I also haven't, yeah, I guess true, true. here's, here's the thing. I feel like because I had enough like mentors who were awesome, who kind of taught me some of these things. I feel like I actually did miss out on a lot of mistakes. Like I made them maybe like once, but I didn't hit my head against a wall 10 times making the same mistake because I had someone yeah. then who would, would kind of show me or teach me or that I learned from their mistakes, from their content. And, and that's why we're here right now because we want to be able to provide you either directly the things that we've made mistakes on right. or that we wish we knew or that um, we, we learned from other people who, who taught us not to do something and you just made sure not to do it because you knew that it was going to cause issues. So... Yeah, absolutely. So uh, start us off here, Kelly. Okay. I think (laughs) one of my biggest things, because obviously I spend the majority of my day setting up cases, is the digital movie is not reality. It is a video (laughs) game. And there are things about it that are real. So, you know, like rotating a tooth, you can expect with the right attachment, you should get it. So there are things that are real. But there are a lot of things that it's just the forces on the teeth. It's a, it's the plastic. It's the it's the distortion of the plastic is what you're actually looking at, and it's just so hard <laughs> when you set up a beautiful case and it's biomechanically correct and we've got the right attachment. And I put some serious effort into it to make sure that um, well, my name's attached to it. So first of all, self respect. But <laughs> it's going into your patient's mouth, and a lot of the times it's my doctor's or my orthodontist child or spouse or their best friend's mouth. So I really do take it seriously. I will never let you deliver anything that I've set up or advised you on that I wouldn't deliver myself. Um, But then you come back and you're like, oh, can we just tweak this? Can we just tweak that? Or, and, and I know why I've done it. And it's a, it's a really hard concept to get out of that. You're, you're trying not to set this digital tooth game up to perfection. Um, You're, you're overthinking it. You're over-engineering it. Putting a pin in it. Not to perfection on the clean check, you mean, right? Yeah. You want it yeah. to be perfect in the mouth. Oh, 100%. But what you're really getting at is that there's a difference between perfection on the clean check on yes. the computer and perfection in the mouth. Because, expanding on this, you don't necessarily get everything that you see on the, on the poop movie, on the plan, on the actual cartoon uh, clean check. And in the mouth... Uh, you need to overdo things. So tell us a bit, can you expand on on that a little bit more? How do you get perfection then in the mouth? Say for example, a deep bite, right? Like Mm. I think that's the most common area that is under treated on Invisalign software. So what do you do differently? Yeah. So, so for a deep, this is a good, cause I'm sure like, especially when I have new providers, like brand new, like I, what's the lowest tier, like bronze? I don't uh, know. Bronze. bronze is less Haven't than five, five cases or less okay, yeah. in six months. Haven't been there in a long time. So 
Um, so, you know, this is a brand new uh, doctor who's trusted me with their their case and you're setting it up and I send it back to them. And it's like, let, let's say it's, uh, it doesn't matter if it's 50%, 80%, 100% deep. Um, I'm going to set it up at the minimum edge to edge. It doesn't matter what their age is. That's what I'm doing. Or I'm setting it up to an open bite. So they might get it back and think, oh my God, this one's on crack. <laughs> I just paid her $250 to uh, set up my case. And uh, like, she's gone the wrong way. She's gone a little crazy. Did your finger slip on the mouse deer or whatever? <laughs> like I do hear some of these things. Um, not exactly that, but still they think I'm a little bit crazy, but you and I both know in that first set, I've given myself enough aligners um, and whatever, but in that first set, I'm overdoing it because I know I'm barely going to get any momentum. I'm it's just soft plastic. It's very flexible. Even with the right anchors, the right attachments, it's just not going to express. So if I ask for 10%, I'll be lucky if I get 20% uncovered of the teeth. I just need to overdo it. Um, I don't know. What's an analogy of that? What's an analogy well, you know, of like- Just over- a, an orthodontic aspect of things. Like okay. I think it was Barry Glazer always said this. You have to think of your, or maybe it was Nick this was one of, the, one of the legends. They said, you have to think of your aligner as being the equivalent of the weakest arch wire that you would put in braces. So when you first right. start with braces, you start with a really weak one, like a 13 round or something. And then you work right. up in the rounds till you get to like an 18 round, which is way bigger. Then you'd go ahead and you'd start changing over to your square wires until you get to the largest wire that you're using. And so any orthodontic wire is actually stronger in its forces than the aligner itself. But the liner yeah. is more progressive and passive and gentle and, and basic movements. And it can do all the things that the braces can do. But you can't just rely on what the cartoon shows you. You have to go ahead and overdo it. And what we know from studies is that they show that you get, like a lot of studies, if you look at them, like, and this is the error of the studies, in my opinion. This is, this is why it doesn't make sense. You go online right now to PubMed and you, you pull up a whole bunch of studies and um, clinical or systematic reviews. And what you're going to find is that aligners do not perform. They don't move teeth the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. So I saw Stephen just did this crazy case or Kelly helped me with this yeah. case. And we did like a crazy intrusion. We did awesome rotation. We did expansion. We did all the things that we were just told are impossible as per the systematic review. <laughs> Do I live on a different planet or like what happened? Were these studies done wrong? And the answer is, well, it depends what you're, you're evaluating. The results of the studies is saying that aligners don't work for a lot of movements. Right. But the problem is, is that if you take what a line gives you and you just plug that in, we know from the studies that you will get two millimeters less intrusion per arch when planning that intrusion for a deep bite. So if you want to go ahead, if you've got like a hundred percent deep bite and you want to go ahead and fix it so that there's only two millimeters uh, uh, like overlapping, well then you have to go ahead and you have to plan that intrusion, like Kelly said, to an edge to edge or even an open bite. Because the plastic is, or the cartoon is just imitating where the fabricated 3D models will be. Like that's the actual position of the 3D models that then have a vacuum formed aligner. And then the vacuum formed aligner will snap over top of the attachments in the real world and put pressure on the teeth. So the aligner or the ClinCheck is a force distribution system of where the force of the aligners is going to push on the teeth to make them move. It is not actually showing what the teeth will do. And another way of thinking about it is, again, these are kind of very orthodontic specific. So yeah, we need to think of a good analogy. But if you think of a reverse curve of speed wire, so normal wire you'd put on a tabletop, it would sit flat. A reverse curve of speed wire has a big curve in it. 
that when you mm -hmm. go ahead and you put it in the lower arch, it's going to be curving down towards the gingiva. Like if you don't tie it into your lower brackets, it's going to be sticking into the vestibule and the floor of their mouth on the buckle in their lip. Like a rocking chair. Like a, yeah, like a rocking chair. Just this big curve that sits right down. And then you have to grab that. You have to pull that up and force it into the brackets and then tie it in there. And then once you've done that, now you can go ahead and, and that's going to try and put force on those lower incisors to intrude them and fix that curve of speed. Mm -hmm. That arch wire. So the arch wire does not represent what the teeth will do. The arch right. wire represents how the force will be placed on the teeth to try to move them in a certain direction. So the exact same thing holds true with the aligners as Kelly was saying. Exactly. So sometimes you have to do what looks crazy on the video, but we know from experience um, and from learning from others, it's not just all coming from the Stephen and Kelly show here, but from experience <laughs> and, and whatnot that we need to overdo some things. So that's one example. Um, buckle root torque is another example. Whenever we're expanding, um, we want to build in some buckle root torque, the max premolars and molars, um, typically um, we're overdoing and we're overdoing it. Um, we're not going to get that because it's multiple roots moving through bone. So it lags behind. So I'm asking for more than I want, um, at least to be level, but oftentimes tipped in. So when you're looking from the front, sometimes the max molars look a little bit angled in and, you know, it looks weird. doctors are like, oh, could you, you know, line those up? It, I could, I could back off, but guess what? I'm just going to add that back in, in the refinement. Yeah, I know it, it's but not an express. you know, yeah. yeah, sometimes I have to play the game of like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, could you just chart that in your notes that you asked me to back off? <laughs> but, but, and then also like to that point, which I love that um, CBCT is now um, integrated. I think mm -hmm. that's fun and it's dazzling to look at. Actually, it's a bit distracting to me because we haven't had it for the last 20 years. Um, but it's funny because when I'm building in the buckle root torque, it's like fenestration, fenestration, like red flags. And I know the buckle plate is there. It's always been there. I haven't burst through it yet, but doctors are like, oh my God, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. You know, should we back off? And I'm like, it's your call. I mean, we can, but again, I'm just going to build yeah, it. In because, because what's happening, like, think about it again. Let's say that you need to start upgrading some of those roots. And you've got half a millimeter of space before the roots would start to hit the buckle plate as you're mm -hmm. creating a buckle root torque. So the roots moving towards the buckle um, as you expand your arch. Then if you are needing to do half a millimeter, well, you probably have to plan like theoretically those roots at the apex would have to move a millimeter. And right. so that shows them poking through the bone on the CBCT integration. But there's two things. There's what we just talked about. Well, realistically, you're not going to get as much as what you asked for. Then the second of all, the CBCT does not accommodate or plan for any changes in the in the bone position. So we know that like sometimes you'll have very little bone around the outside of the teeth. And Tarek Albiali is kind of a master at this. You'll end up seeing the refinement or the finishing CBCT, I should say, at the end after a lot of expansion. And, and you're like, well, I mean, technically per the first CBCT, that bone, like all the roots are going to be outside the bone. However, bone is not static, it's dynamic. So that bone has changed its position and now the patient's bone has actually moved with the teeth and, and so you have managed to, um, like you haven't pushed those roots out of the bone. And mm -hmm. just one point for everybody listening here is like, yes, if you procline your lower incisors far enough forward, like you yeah. will get recession, 100%. But it's yeah. very, very hard in the posterior to put enough force into the aligners to cause the bone to hit the cortical plate and then cause the roots to move outside the cortical plate. Because in reality, what's going to happen? And, and you've probably done it. 
is mm-hmm. instead you're going to have all that expansion planned in, but instead the crowns, the clinical crowns are going to tip. They're going to go buckly and they're only going to hit, the patient's only going to hit on their palatal cusp. The expansion right. will stop. The crowns will keep trying to move, but the actual roots won't move far enough that it will actually allow that to happen. So the trays will then just not fit or that the crowns will move. They'll, they'll expand outwards, but they're going to tip and then you're only going to hit on the palatal cusp. Exactly. And so, so yeah, yeah, like, I mean, you have to respect the buckle plate and know that all things are possible with the right amount of force and pressure. Um, our soft deep plastic without accessories, well, yeah. may not have Likely it. Not, probably, yeah. We don't want to say impossible because you have to be careful because you could there'll always be a, Yeah. There'll always be a case yeah. out there somewhere that it, it will happen and we'll be wrong. And yeah, but, not, but yeah, but like today I had a case I was setting up this morning and they're really struggling with um, deep bite intrusion and they're wondering why they're on their third refinement. They're not getting a, like a fraction of a millimeter of intrusion, um, but the, the, the roots are towards the buckle. They're actually retroclined. Um, they shouldn't be, they should actually be proclined, but anyway, they're retroclined, but they're pushing and pushing and pushing and they're just hitting up against the buckle plate and we're on round three. I, I just met them today, full disclosure, but anyways, we're on round three and they're pushing and I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to do this and then push. And like, there's no even point in pushing because buckle, like it's, it's hard. Cortical plate yeah. is hard. It, it's definitely harder than my force. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So respect it, respect it and know that, you know, we need to be, be careful. Aware but, of it, yeah. Yeah. But, but sometimes again, out. we overtreat. Yeah. Um, and another common overtreatment, like I'm just thinking my top ones that I would do every single case, um, root tip, um, like, let's say I have a canine and it needs distal root tip, I tend to over tip it. I just pick a magic number, six degrees, it could be seven degrees, it could be more, but we just played with numbers, you know, three was too little, 10 was too much. So I've just picked something some days it changes depending if how much coffee I've had. But if I want it to end up parallel, I tend to overdo it knowing it's going to lag. It's a big triangular root, it's a difficult movement, even with the right attachment. So I tend to overcorrect it a little bit, I tend to over rotate difficult rotations, not like max anteriors. I don't tend to over rotate too much unless I'm in refinement, then I go for it. Um, but I pick and choose which teeth I think will struggle or if they have a significant rotation, like 20 degrees of rotation, I can pretty much build in some lag there. I know it's not going to be a hundred percent. So I will um, overdo it. So I'm just over engineering. It's like, I'm putting those isolated teeth on steroids, hoping I just get a little closer to the to the hole in the golf analogy that I'm so poor at. <laughs> the drive, the chip, and the putt. Oh, there you go. You got it. Making progress. So I think those are like really good examples of over-engineering. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, the opposite would be open bite. We do that mm-hmm. commonly. I mean, we do actually want the intrusion, but we're not going to get full arch posterior intrusion or full quad intrusion. Um, but we want it like we, we want it um, and we program it in, but it looks a little bit crazy when you look at the movie, you think, whoa, Kelly, yeah. <laughs> what's happening back there? Some of the videos that like people have seen me present on, like they look insane. Like I, I don't show my patients their clin checks in, in most cases because they don't look pretty and perfect on the first one. Like as you get closer to the finish, they look less crazy. But when you first start off, like, yeah, they look, they look, if you're going to do these hard cases and that's the thing is, um, you sometimes get like those deep bite cases or something and and the doctor has been through three or four rounds Mm -hmm. and they're trying to correct it. 
And every single one is finishing at like the ideal perfect position. But that's yeah. only like trying to intrude the teeth. Maybe maybe the teeth need to intrude three millimeters and it's only showing three millimeters of intrusion. But in reality, like what's happening is by the time that they're three quarters of the way through this batch of trays, like the teeth have only intruded by 0. 0.05 millimeters. Yeah. Whereas if you went ahead and you overdo it by a couple millimeters, then you you kind of like meet in the middle, right? You, you do enough mm. over treatment that it hits it. Some basic terminology that I think is helpful is over treatment versus over correction. Yeah. If you use this with your technicians, you're going to get two different things. So over treatment to me always means, and this is not like an official, like don't check Webster's dictionary and say like, Oh, Steven, uh, you were wrong there. But like, this is how I perceive it. Over treatment means that you've built in the over corrected movements, the overdone movements okay. into the actual batch of aligners. So let's yeah, say you have not at 40 aligners. Yeah. Over yeah. correction. If you ask the technicians for over correction on a specific tooth or some specific thing, they will go ahead and give you aligners that you will get at the very end of treatment that will then go ahead and, and it will only do that movement. So let's say your lower central incisor needed a little bit of overcorrection. You want it to over rotate it. You could say, hey, please go ahead and give me overcorrection of the 4-1 of 0 0.3 millimeters on the mesial of the 4-1 in. In just means right. towards the lingual. So overcorrection of the 4-1, uh, 0 0.3 millimeters in. Then they would go ahead and at the end, they'd have three extra trays or something like that that would go ahead and, and move that tooth more than what you'd asked for. So whenever we're doing the over-treatment, which right. sometimes we're using the term over-correction, it gets a little confusing, but essentially we want to overdo a movement so that we can kind of finish at the right spot, like a deep bite or that buckle root torque Kelly was talking about or anterior extrusion or whatever to, um, to overdo a, an open bite then we would normally be building that into the regular batch of liners. Yeah. And then it would only be if you wanted some very specific movement, which usually to me is like a rotational movement, then hmm. that that's where I would normally be doing like the overcorrection and getting separate trays or a type of overcorrection trays is when you hear about like virtual C chain. Yeah. Or virtual power thread. Virtual right. C chain is usually three to three that it's tightening up the contacts by kind of forcing all the teeth into one another. And that's given as kind of like extra trays at the end or virtual power thread is normally seven to seven, all teeth, right. a second molar to second molar. And that's trying to tighten up all the contacts. So um, just some, that's a good point because like you, the last thing you want is um, <laughs> to have this buckle root torque or deep bite intrusion to, be all in in the last three aligners and if that yeah. usually those would be after your passive aligners you're not going to deliver those anyways yeah, but exactly. you need the time you need you need the time and the biology to change for these difficult movements that's why you're over engineering because it's difficult you need time for it to happen to, to express um yeah and uh, i mean par par partly i'm uh, partly because as i'm setting up cases i'm teaching the doctors and i'm i am asking text because i can't do everything with 3d controls they're still a little bit um, limiting um, with staging and things like that. So half the time I'm typing to the text, I'm giving like big explanations. The texts are probably like, oh God, here's this woman again teaching <laughs> us. But I, I, I mean for that to be for the doctors as well. Yeah, so I'm totally. like, you know, I want it to be left behind. But sometimes I am saying like, 
you know, over treat or over engineer. I have over engineered this. And it's like, the so tech is probably know. like, don't care woman. Yeah. You gave me what I had. Like, yeah. Cause they yeah, don't necessarily care. They're like, whatever. Or I'm I don't so care. Controlling. Yeah. I'm so controlling that I, <laughs> I asked for it first thinking, well, I have to ask for 40 stages anyways. I might as well ask them to do the buckaroo torque. And then yeah. I'm so non-trusting that I'm like, I'll just do it myself. I can't trust them to get the to right get degree. The right amount. So, yeah, totally. Anyways, so maybe, but yeah. So, from there, I'll actually tie into one of the things that I wish I knew when okay. starting Aligner Orthodontics, which ties in really nicely, which is that the amount of movement per tray that Align gives you is not always going to be the ideal amount. So that's the right. term velocity. And so what we know is that the velocities, there's a maximum amount that trays will allow teeth to move. And that is usually 0.25 millimeters per tray mm -hmm. or between one to two degrees, depending on the movement of, of a specific movement of a degree of movement. And what I would like for everybody to know is that all not, not all movements are created equal. Right. And this is very, very obvious when you think about it. Roots need to move through bone. Crowns move through air. So if you want to go ahead and you want to move a crown through air, it's going to be pretty consistent and easy, but moving a root through bone is really, really hard. And so you have to adjust the velocity or the staging, the, the speed at which those trays move. So for example, intrusion, you're pushing teeth directly into bone. And if you try to move them too quickly, well, the tray's just going to stop fitting on the tooth and you'll be like, well, I, I need a mid course correction. These teeth aren't tracking. So a normal velocity, again, top speed of velocity 0.25 millimeters per liner, but I would recommend slowing down the movement. So I would tell the technicians, please slow down this movement from 0.25 millimeters per liner to 0.15 millimeters per liner. We're slowing it down by whatever that is like 30% ish. And then that means that there's more time for it to express before the next tray goes on. Exactly. And so that change in staging, then some doctors will be like, yeah, but Steven, that means that now I went from having 20 trays to now I have 40 trays or whatever. Right. And, and it's, it's like, the answer, is, the, the answer is yes, yes, it, it will. <laughs> so yes. Now, instead of being like, well, I'm going to be done in 20 trays, one week per tray or 10 days, whatever, I'm going to be done in like four months. And they're like, now it's going to take me eight months for that. And it's like, yes, yes. You, you need time. Cause maybe that can try into the next thing. You need time for bone to remodel and movements to express. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the thing is, is like, obviously the AI, like this is a business, like whatever, it doesn't matter what aligner system you're using. I've, I've worked with lots of softwares. Um, it, it's a business. And so less product that they're delivering means less, less cost. And they're not trying to intentionally sabotage you. I think not that I've heard, no. but the thing is the AI is kicking back the most efficient set it can. So the maximum velocity, the 0.25. So no, no matter where you, where you cut it and what you ask for, it, whatever you plug in, it's going to give you back. And so oftentimes, very often, like every single day, multiple times a day, uh, I'll be asking for the world. <laughs> it's like a comprehensive case. I've told the patient it's going to be 12 to 18 months. It's a $7,800 case. I've got deep bite. I've got, I've got it all. I'm, I'm bringing canines for God's sakes. Should, I should stop saying God. Jesus. <laughs> Other might listen to this, but anyways, I'm super passionate about this. And then I look down and I've asked for all the right things. Like I'm setting up the case. I've asked for all the right things. And I look down and it's 15 aligners. Like what in the it's heck? Never There's gonna happen. no way. 
there's no. no way. And like, we don't even have enough time for the elastics to work. I mean, even if I got the rotations and I over-engineered the crap out of this set and it was like a miracle happened, I'm still going to have to order a bunch of nearly passive aligners for the next year to get the growth if like in a growing smile or whatever. So it's just absolutely bonkers to me. And that, you know, like, I mean, it, it's hard because sometimes when we start off um, doing aligners, you know, we take courses that are great because they keep us in the shallow end of the pool and we're doing compromised cases because they're adults who that's what they want. Let's say the adults have committed to whatever. And so you're used to getting in and out in 20 aligners or less because that's all you paid for. In fact, that's the product you, you chose 20 aligners. And so it's like you're just like stripping the teeth. So IPRing them, flipping them. And like, and, and that's it. And you want it 20 or less and that's it. And that's what you've bought into. And so as soon as you kind of want to do better and you know better, so you want to do better, you keep looking down and anything that's even close to 20 or more, you start to have a heart attack. Like you've never seen 30 aligners before in your life. Meanwhile, <laughs> you and I were like 70, no yeah. problem. Like it, 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 we're just like, we want a, a well-planned out set that's going to work. And in fact, our sets will be more efficient then you're 20 plus 20 plus 20 plus, Hey, I need a help. Call a friend. <laughs> hey, and now Kelly's setting it up for you. And I'm like 45, well, <laughs> 45 yeah. to correct this mess, by the way. Um, yeah. so yeah, like, so what's more efficient, a really good, I won't say 70, let's say a really good 50 aligner set where I'm like sequentially distalizing and you know, the whole world, like a, a hard case or whatever, what's more efficient, a good solid 50 where now I'm just tweaking a few things, closing spaces, rotating, or the 20 plus 20 plus 20 plus 45 yeah. plus well, burnt out. And, and maybe it ties into the next one that, that I have, which is um, things I wish I knew, which is, yeah, it, it takes time, which it ties in, right, to the whole bone remodeling. But also I used to do this, and my friend Jeff Skinner talks about this, and I think this is perfect, that he says he does a lot of like surgically assisted aligner therapy. And so essentially increasing speed of tooth movement by creating inflammation and, and yeah. osteoblastic and osteoclastic activities increased by using like corticotomies or doing like remove some bone from interproximal and then uh, packing with bone grafting material. Like it moves, it works very fast. And he said, Stephen, I will quote a patient six months treatment time and I finish in eight months and I'm an absolute villain. Mm -hmm. Finish perfectly. I quote somebody, uh, 10 months and I finish an eighth, I'm a hero. Uh -huh. And it's so true that like you miss that time frame of what you quote them, you underquote them because you think that your competitor down the street is doing it. They're quoting that time frame, and if you don't quote it, they won't go with you. Yeah. And then you end up in trouble because the classic things happen that we see a clin check that's sent over to us and the, the doctor's done the 20, 20, 20, 20. And they're like, yeah. hey, like Kelly, Stephen, I really, really need help. This patient yeah. is really PO'd and I need to fix this deep bite. This is what I told them I would do. And we look at it and it's like, wow, there's been no progress. Like literally the ClinCheck looks like ClinCheck 1. And then we're like, okay, here's the ClinCheck. And we set up a perfect ClinCheck. And it's like, this will work. If they wear their aligners properly, this will work. I can, I would like, I will place money on it. And then they look at it and they're like, but it's 50 aligners. And, and you're like, Yeah. And they're like, but I quoted them six months and I'm at nine already. Can we, can you just get me another 20? And yeah. we'll be done. And it's like, no, that's all you've been doing the whole time is you're like doing these half measures. And so yeah. if we did do it, like sure, we could physically create a ClinTrack that would work and that will look like it works in 20. 
but it won't. Yeah. And instead, things will just stop tracking. And you're just going to continue to spin your tires because you never actually got to the point where you set up a proper, full, comprehensive, over-treated, yeah. slowed velocity clincheck that will like track and work to the fastest speed that their biology and bone will allow. I'm very Italian right now with my hands, if anybody was watching <laughs> the video. I'm <laughs> very passionate. So you like know the reality is like go back to this patient and you need to like put your tail between your legs and tell them, look, here's the situation where we're currently at right now. I know we said that it was going to be six months, but your bone is trying to be way more complicated or, or something. You, you need yeah. to come up with some yeah. explanation. Yeah. And it's genetic. It's yeah. yeah whatever you, you, your bone is like whatever reason you're not a car and, and this is taking a long time. Realistically, I've spoken to some really like high level providers and they said this next batch of trays you need to wear perfectly, but it's going to be a year's worth of trays. Yeah. And are you okay with that? Like that's how long it's going to take. And so what I would advise everybody to do is to reset that expectation that unless there's the smallest lower incisor rotation and it's like tweak yeah. done five trays, sure, whatever. But other than that, almost no case that we would set up would I be quoting less than a, a, a year even. Like I give myself yeah. extra time because yeah. those patients who are also like, oh, I just want one lower incisor tweaked, then you do it. And then it's like, oh, you know, that two, three down, it was perfectly straight. And, and yeah. you moved that one straight. Like, we're happy with the one, but you moved the other one, and now that one's not straight. Take another exactly. push. And then, oh, and now this one, I didn't tell you about it before, but I'm actually not happy with that either, and I'm not going to be happy unless we fix this now because now I notice it. And, and exactly. then you go through batch after batch after batch after batch, and you're like, man. Or you only ordered like a like 20, like you did a light product or something. Yeah. And you run out and now you're paying for light product after light product after light product. And, and, and you'll be coming to Kelly and me saying, I need to get this case done. And I'm on my last, whatever, like light case. I've got 20 aligners and we're like, realistically, yeah. this is biologically impossible for you to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's another, that will, that will be a tiny, a mini, mini thing. I don't have it on my list of things I wish I knew, but well, actually maybe I will add that. Things I wish I knew, do not order any packages that are not Invisalign first, Invisalign teen or Invisalign comprehensive. And I will say once in a while, a moderate package here or there in the right hands can go well. Um, but I, I will say like we have like orthodontist or dentist children, adult children, let's say you come in with relapse. Of, it's like a four one. It's easy. IPR, pop it in because you can't really do much things. Everything else is perfect. You have to do IPR to pop it in. And you think, yeah, no big deal. And we also have tear side tools. We have dimpling pliers. We have tricks. We could, we know all the tricks. Yeah. You know what happens? You get to number eight and you're like, oh, S. Like, it's still, it's not, still not good. And yeah. it's it's a referring dentist and whatever. It has to be right. So you order another small package because you're an idiot. And then another <laughs> eight aligners. And so now you're at 16 aligners. Guess what? For whatever reason, who knows why it will not tuck in. And you should have just ordered, maybe not comprehensive, that's ridiculous, but still, for whatever reason, those express packages yeah. very rarely work unless, I mean, I'm sure there are super geniuses out there. I'm sure we know and, them. And that's just it. Like, I, I, I guess one of the things that, this is actually one of mine, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead a bit, yeah. but like, also the thing is, it's different for everybody. Everybody will have different tools and different hands that work. And so if you're like, Hey, yeah. Steven and Kelly, like you guys must suck. Like I use, <laughs> I use like a light every time. I only ever use eight trays and it works perfectly. And it's great. Like use what you're using. Like don't, don't listen to us. Like, um, like that's, so that's my other one is that like 
nothing works all the time and and nothing always works. There's going to be cases where you're like, I don't know why this isn't working. Or there's going to be other cases where you're like, wow, that was, that broke the rules. It wasn't supposed to do it, but it did. And same thing with like, so my, my other one, again, jumping ahead is, is extending, extending to that is that it doesn't mean that someone has to be wrong or right. There is efficient ways of doing it and inefficient ways of doing it. And there's so many different ways of skinning a cat. Um, So Kelly and I have lots of things that we like, we're, it's amazing how similar we are, but there's lots of things that we do do slightly different and it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that someone's wrong and someone's right. And there's other providers and speakers and, and educators who, again, like even the best in the world that they'll have completely different protocols and different ways to get there, but they get there in the end. And, yeah, and they and have beautiful so, finishes and totally. for whatever reason, uh, for whatever reason, and sometimes it's, it is your patient's biology or it's the tiniest little thing you're concentrating on tucking in, yeah. um, you know, uh, upper lateral and you never took into consideration it's bumping into the lower right. lateral yeah, <laughs> you're like hitting your is. head against a wall, uh, eight aligners, eight aligners. And you're like, what's happening? And you never look down. So, look yeah. down. <laughs> so, so take it with a, with a grain of salt here. If there's anything that you're like, you know what? I, I do that slightly differently and it works in my hands. Totally cool. Yeah. Like we, we just don't ever want anybody to think like there is enough judgment in the world when it yeah. comes to like education and like which camp you're in. And like, so yeah. if anything, we have, doesn't line up exactly. If you're like, I, I do it differently and it's fine. Cool. Just, yeah. 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 And, and if you're doing a lot of heroic things in eight aligners, feel free to drop it in the comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like lifelong learners. So totally. I mean, hey, yeah, we want to, I'm not going to, yeah. Yeah. Hit yeah. us up with your strategies or protocols, the different things that work in your hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're so not done learning. We're, we're, we're not above that. If- Exactly. Cool. So Kelly, what else do you wish that you knew or that you want to impart the wisdom on our listeners? Um, I definitely want people to know, and I mean, I don't want any tech self-esteem to be hurt in the process of this statement, but do not trust the techs or AI to set up your plans and just press approve. And I I know people who do this. And uh, again, you're just, it's inefficient and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot and you're just not going to have a beautiful endings. Um, it, it, it's just, again, we all have different texts and it's beautiful people, lovely people. I'm sure they're amazing human beings, but they don't all have dental background or any dental background. Um, and, and no one taught them anything. They are basically playing the computer game and their job is to follow your communication and your instructions. So the better and educated just, just to you are. Just to clarify yeah. one point, just because I want to make sure this is, it's not that they haven't been taught anything um, on the on, on the digital side. It's just they know they the software. They, they know the software, but they don't, they have not been taught dental from like a dental school, dental program, dental assisting, dental hygiene, dental tech, dental anything. When they got hired on, and this is a Align specifically, but other companies are very similar for the most part. Uh, almost every single one. Yeah, yeah the, the technicians are someone who's essentially trained how to work the software. So exactly. when you ask and- them a question like, should I do sequential distillation or an extraction? They are not qualified. Like imagine you asked your patient in the chair. Imagine you ask a barista. Should I sequentially, how much should I sequentially distillize? I'll do whatever you say. That's yeah, ridiculous. That's, that's just it. They're very good at following instructions, but it's not, yeah. they, they're not providing. And if you look at all your terms and conditions of whatever yes. software you're using, the technicians are not providing diagnosis and treatment planning. The technicians right. are providing you with essentially like what you ask them to do is what they're going to give you. And so yeah. 
to expand on what Kelly's saying, when you say like the technicians set this case up really bad or like the technicians screwed this up or Invisalign didn't do this properly, that, that should all completely be changed to. I did not accept the case that was set up properly. I did not yeah. explain comprehensively enough. I did not um, yeah. achieve this with the tool of Invisalign. Exactly. And, and I mean, historically, like um, at the beginning, and I think um, a, a lot of um, software companies, aligner, let's, we're talking aligners, so aligners, they start off well-intentioned. They do have orthodontists in charge of the pot of techs, and then they have dentists and then the, the dentist friends and then the dentist child and then the dentist barista and graphic designers and um, university kids right now, like who are software proficient and any anyone. It basically trickles down because the company gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's more people who need techs to set up their cases. And again, really good. They know the limits of the software. They know what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. They have a whole manual, and they're really good at doing that. And they will follow your instructions down to the degree. Um, but there are no, there's no bumpers up there. So again, like I will get cases from doctors who they put in their initial prescription, and they're moving teeth literally out of the face. Like they will be on the floor. If, if you were to approve this um, and they want that much, like the doctors actually do want that much expansion, but you know, they're new and they're learning and whatever. So you have to be very careful about what you ask for because it's the technician's job to give you what you ask for. Cause you're the doctor, you're, you're diagnosing your treatment planning and their job is to set it up. And again, like, like me, I'm, I'm over engineering cases so that I get what I want. They're not, they're not reprimanding me and saying, Hey, Kelly, but it's supposed to be 10%. They're not, they're not pushing back. They're, they're saying, yep, yeah, here you go. Yeah. This is what you asked for. And my doctor will uh, uh, like legit, like go through it and approve it. That's the doctor's job. Yes. Like I, I'm not, I'm not diagnosing and treatment planning. The, do the doctor's going to approve it. And but so you have to be very careful that you're educated enough to set up the case and, um, and whatnot. Yeah. So again, just the AI, the technicians, it's really not on them. No, it's not. It's, it's not. And if you, again, look at the fine terms of the contract, like, and, and this actually predates, this goes back a ways that Align has never said that they will diagnose and treatment plan your case for you. So if you ask the technicians, even if it's an ortho, because the, the pod leads are often orthos or general dentists. Yeah. So if you were to say, hey, I would like to speak to my pod lead for them to be involved with creating this case. If you say to them, do you think I should do sequential distalization or IPR or an extraction? What's your thoughts? Yeah. They like, I don't want to say from a legal standpoint, it's just more of a line policies and maybe because of the legal implications of them treatment planning for you, they will not give you an answer because they yeah. should not give you an answer because you are the doctor. You're the one who has to ultimately make that call and pull the trigger. You could say to them, please set it up option A, B, and C. And they right. will do so for you, but they won't do it. They'll, they'll only do one plan at a time. So you could say like, please set up this with da 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 da, da And then they'll do it. And then you could say, actually, now please set up this one, da da da, da. And then now actually do this one, da 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 But you do that, ultimately, you're going to have to be the one to pull the trigger, make the call, whose license this is getting built under and designed under. Right. And so the treatment planning aspect of things is your responsibility as the doctor. And as such taking control with the 3d tools and modifications mm -hmm. is something that would be another one for me. Uh, and I, I did know this. I I've never really set up any cases without changing something, but right. uh, every single case that we put through that we eventually click accept on, we've gone in and changed 
and evaluated the tooth on the ClinCheck and usually made a change directly using the 3D tools and modifications on the Invisalign software. Mm-hmm. Kelly, give me your, your thoughts on the 3D controls. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it's, I, I love it because it's efficient that if I can do it myself, and again, I know what I'm doing and I, I know how many degrees I can go this way or that way. So again, safety measures, um, but so I do love it. Um, for me, just because I worked the last 18 months with ULAB where I had full control because it's an orthodontic product, um, I, I could change velocity. I could change the number of stages. I could make passives. I, I like the, there was no limit. So I, I got used to that. So right now um, I'm a little Kidding. limited. I, I can I can move teeth around, but as soon as there's something that I want, like a velocity change or staging or uh, four passives that, that like, I'm like, oh, darn it. Only the four <laughs> passives are missing. And I do play the game. Well, forget it. Let's just not. And we'll we'll put a pin in line. that as well and come back to the four passives okay. for those who don't know okay. in a minute. Just remind me. But, yeah. So, but like, what? so I, I, yeah, I love the, I love the 3d controls in the sense that I can make some minor tweaks, get what I want without having to communicate and yeah. hope that they read all six of my little tweaks and they did all six of them. Maybe they only did four and I hate the bounce back and forth. So I think yeah. it's a, a, a great step in the right direction. Um, and I think it's smart to start small and just give us some tools because we're all just learning them. There's even like, I mean, there's top orthodontists who are masterminds at aligners who, who have never done the 3D tools. They, they type to their text and get what they want and they're doing a fantastic job of it, but they've never done it themselves with the 3D tools. So I think I think it's safe to, to give people um, a small amount of tools to start with. Let us get used to those and then build onto it. I, I would like to have some more, more control. control. So but, here's a question. What yeah. tools, I'm sure a lot of listeners right now will be like, ooh, that's a good one. What are the different features of the ClinCheck software that you utilize the most? We'll do it in two parts. One is like when you're actually physically changing things, that one's kind of easier because you can see that. But, and then second of all, what are the different tools like on the top where you've got like the superimposition, the Bolton, the IPR, all those different things. What are the ones that you use the most? Yeah. Um, so, uh, along the top bar, um, number one, uh, Bolton and the tooth movement table. Um, if, if I had to do without those, I probably wouldn't play in cases. Cause, um, and, and I will say for years, not that I was setting up the cases, my orthodontists were, um, I was just evaluating the cases and sliding the bar and looking and judging, yeah. <laughs> but, but I didn't, I didn't even know, I didn't know enough. I didn't know about the tooth movement table, t- uh, to assess. So a tooth movement table, um, Bolton superimposition, um, if I slide the bar and I see anything crazy, that's when I go to the superimposition. I don't always go there. I also don't always use the grid. I know people who swear by the grid and they're counting squares and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If so, I see anything that, yeah. Okay, I was just gonna say quick, quick bookmark for those who right now are like, I don't know what all this means. So essentially okay. uh, just giving context on yep. the ClinCheck, when you actually have your cartoon open on the top, there's all the different things you can click. The yeah. ones Kelly's gone through so far was the Bolton analysis an exceedingly Mm -hmm. important area Mm -hmm. of treatment planning to tell you if your arches are going to fit together properly. So that's essentially measurements in a table. The next one she talked about was the tooth movement table. The tooth movement table actually gives you the number, the the movements of how far a tooth is moving in numbers again. Again, if you take the attachments of biomechanics course, we cover these in depth and you'll have much, much, much more understanding about how to 
to read those tables and kind of see the matrix, so to speak, in behind the, the cartoon, what's actually happening. Then the next one Kelly said is a superimposition tool, which allows you to see kind of a ghost image of your initial position versus your final position. And you can drag the slider and see where, where was the initial position compared to where you're at at the end. And then exactly. you were just talking about the grid, which just gives you millimeters. And, and what else? Is there anything else that you use commonly? That I mean, obviously, you probably use the IPR to see what IPR is there. Yeah, whatnot, I mean, but... there's ones I always have on. Obviously, I always keep the attachments on because if I'm just looking at blank teeth, that scares me because I, I don't. <laughs> so far, I am That's not educated and biomechanically advanced enough to do no attachment aligners. I know some geniuses who are, but they have not told me their secrets. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, if yeah, I, so if I deliver that with blank attachments, they better just be retainers or else I'll freak out. Um, that's, that's a me problem apparently. Um, so IPR for sure. Um, what's another one? Um, Oh, I was just thinking of one before. Well, because I set up a lot of U.S. doctor's plans, I have to use the tooth numbering, which really is so frustrating. I, I, I must be like number dyslexic, but although I can do the tooth movement table, no problem. But um, the tooth numbering, what happens is when you click that, then everything goes kind of dull. So I, uh, you know, cause it puts a layer on, which right. is unfortunate. It's fine. I can still see the teeth, but I'm just like, really? Um, you know what I hate? You know what you um, could do by the way, just yeah, instead of yeah. that, cause orthodontically speaking, I thought a lot, I think a lot of us doctors don't like orthos, they wouldn't use like one through 32. Yeah, they would okay. go ahead and how they'd say it to the technicians, if you need to request something, you would go ahead and say upper right three. So like you okay, are yeah. three, you are four, like, LR three for lower right okay. third. And then that way you yeah. can just refer. It's kind of like, instead of saying like one, two, three, four for the quadrants, you're saying you are U L L L L L R L R L R three. Yeah. And then whatever the tooth number is. So that's the, yeah. Every once in a while when I'm doing my videos and then I'm like, you know, explaining teeth numbers to the doctor saying, Hey, and I put this attachment on the, you know, four, three. And then I'm like, Oh shoot, where are you from? Because I, I barely even know who I'm talking to after time. And then I do the tooth numbering and then I see that their tooth numbering is Canadian. I'm like, hey, we're good yeah, or no. Yeah. The other thing I do, because speaking, I, I get, I like that everybody listening right now is forced to hear all the nuances of, of Kelly and me with speaking and whatnot. But um, when I'm lecturing, what I just do as well is I just go into, I'll say like lower right first premolar. Or yes, like, cause yes. I'm like, I have no clue what tooth number that is. And like, obviously no. it's the four, four. If you're in, yeah, I know. And I, I, I don't States. know why we don't know that. I mean, there's only like 32 teeth. Like why do <laughs> I, I not know it. them in but order? But then the other docs who might be in on that lecture, if there's any other Canadians or that's internationals, true. they're like, what, what number are you talking that's about? True. So that's, that's why I'm like, everybody knows lower, right. First premolar. <laughs> You know what tool I do, don't like, and I wish it was better was um, the occlusion. I can't see hmm. through those ghost teeth and see the little green no, and red dots. Great, it I was see better. Nothing. It's better on the down the the desktop version. Yeah, uh, yeah. I and I keep thinking that's one of those things that I, every time I hear you lecture, I think, yeah, I'm gonna switch over to that. No, and but I never you, sh do. you shouldn't. Like they're moving away from the desktop version. <laughs> oh, I, are they okay? Yeah, like I'm trying to like I'm doing the opposite. I'm forcing myself to use more and more of the web version because I realize eventually they're gonna stop supporting the desktop one. I'm guessing, but. But I wish it was more like um, the occlusogram, like on the iTero, yeah. very clear. Yeah. What's heavy, what's light, clear, opaque teeth. I don't want these ghost teeth overlapping. I, I can't, I, yeah, it's not it's enough. Yeah, it's hard to see. I agree. I'm surprised because that's, that's important. That's important. That's important. It's very important. Yeah. 
So that one's uh, really good. And then, so we should label this lecture, this uh, webcast podcast. It needs to be like Stephen and Kelly bitch about Invisalign. No, I'm kidding. Seriously, <laughs> complaining, but with full respect. Like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. We, there's we, of course things we love, and these are just like little, yeah, tiny, they're little like, tiny things. Lenses that irritate me on a hourly basis. Yeah, basically. like that's the thing for everybody listening, and and I I like that. I don't ever swear in in lectures, but um, on podcasts, uh, you know, we we're just we're we're lip, we're living life large and free. But, um, and I just do want everybody to know that like, although we are having these minor things that like Invisalign, it's a fantastic product. Like number one thing that changed my life is Invisalign. Yeah. So like, that's, that's the thing is like, we love the product. There's little things that we want to keep pushing and progressing things towards and and things that we know might never change just because of the, the, the way that it is. But it's it's yeah. these are minor minor things but sorry but, continue. and that's the thing that keeps like i mean when you're on like uh, a line faculty and you get together once a year and you have these think tanks these are the little things that forces the product to become better and the whole like the software to become better in the practice managed schools like what are the things that are irritating you guys the best of the best and we put our hands up and we tell them like hey yeah i set up hundreds and hundreds of cases a week and just little occlusograms driving me crazy yeah. or like you know, have you ever noticed this or like whatever? And, and, and the people don't realize that the, the soft, whether it's the engineers or people who aren't actually setting up real mm-hmm. cases, they, they're just like, Oh, we didn't realize we didn't that know. was so frustrating. Yeah. Easy, easy fix or whatever. So, so that's that. Um, so on the actual 3d tools, um, so obviously I, I, I do use the little, you know, arrows back and forth, whatever movement. Um, the most often one is obviously buckle root torque, like every single case I'm, adding more adding more whatever um love the ipr obviously plus and minus or remove it um that's another one of my things like it's not really things that i wish i knew i I, things i wish you knew not you personally (laughs) yeah that's okay (laughs) i wish i think the general public knew is that if you get a case back and there's ipr on all four quadrants somebody is on crack like That's ridiculous. I love this. Check I like how I like how I'm our very podcast, passionate. Yeah, our podcast. We're just becoming more of our. You guys are getting like the window. <laughs> By the time we're on like the twentieth podcast here, Kelly's just gonna be like dropping f bombs left, right, and so, like you're gonna get the full. It like, could happen. The wall will come down for both of us, and it's like here's the real insight into who Canadians are. aren't as friendly. <laughs> but I agree hundred percent. If you're getting IPR on all four quadrants something is wrong something is yeah. very wrong unless yeah. they're like 70 and they have severe periodontal issues and you're yes. doing it for perio purposes yes. but if they're like 20 years old like why why yeah you need to check your bolton and even if it's a compromised case like you're just setting up class one canine or whatever you need to give your head a shake you, you really don't know what you're doing you're just slicing and dicing and getting them in and out and taking people's money and i think that's just ridiculous as soon as i and as soon as i see it come back and sometimes it's the ai and the software you haven't asked for it and maybe it's not a template it's just come back that way because friction has happened because things have unraveled and maybe you haven't asked for avoid no friction or expand and procline if you didn't ask for expand and procline they're just going to rotate everything in place and you're going to have IPR popping up like popcorn for all 13 of the aligners they're going to give you. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is going to move. Um, And you, in fact, you can't even get in there to do this magical IPR in all four quadrants because nothing is. Yeah. Without, without doing IPR on the buckle of one tooth and the lingual of the other one. 
Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in general, and I'm not against IPR, IPR when it's needed, um, but it usually, typically, and again, there's a few exceptions, but typically it's in one arch or it's in no arches because you've left extra space to accommodate. Um, but very rarely, I mean, again, minor like a refinement or it's a midline shift. Sure. A little bit here, a little bit there to cheat the midlines, blah, 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 blah. We all do finishing touches, but we're talking like first round yeah. and you're IPR just tucking everywhere. the suckers back by mutilating a whole bunch of teeth. Like yeah. that's it's, wrong. And, and I'll add on to a grievance, um, yeah. not grievance. Sorry. I shouldn't say that. I should just rephrase it as like something I wish people knew. We'll keep this nice and politically correct yeah. here. Drawing yes. this back in. Yeah. Um, in our podcasting careers. Uh, <laughs> Kelly so, will take an out of van. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm just loving this right now. Like, I feel like this is starting to give a bit of a platform of like, just instead of being so like correct all the time, I'm like, yeah, I like this. I like just kind of like saying it like it is. But I don't like when the clincheck shows up and you get IPR happening in all these different spots. Like you said, like popcorn, it's like, psh, 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 psh. it's a yeah. light show. And yeah. it's like, well, do I do the IPR? Am I actually going to bring this patient back at two and then four, seven, nine, 12, 13, 18 to do IPR seven times? Yeah. And so recognizing that a line has set up whatever triggers in the software to be like, boom, IPR needs to happen between these teeth. Then yeah. it's you as the doctor have control over when that IPR happens. So I much prefer getting my contacts derotated and lined up so that you actually do the IPR between the interproximal contacts. And you're not doing the IPR then between the, um, like hitting if they're so overlapped that you're doing it on the buckle of one tooth and the lingual of the other tooth. Um, and then you finish rotating the teeth and lining them up and you're like, wow, these teeth look like you said, mutilated, um, because yeah. you didn't do the IPR and the actual interproximal. And, and that's because a line essentially gave that IPR to happen at like seven different spots. And then clinically it's so inefficient because you then need to do IPR. Like when do you do it? Do you bring them back six times versus instead telling the technicians, like, this is the instruction you give them. Please complete IPR only when the contracts contacts are nearly derotated or are yeah. completely derotated. Um, do all the IPR at the same time, and then that right. way it's like one go. All the contacts derotate. You do the IPR, and then those teeth they will have a little bit of quote unquote swear word round tripping as yes. they go ahead and retract slightly because you. It's just like if you're doing braces. If you did braces on somebody, you'd go ahead and put the uh, the the unraveling wires, like put your 13 in, your 15, your 17 round, whatever. Derotate the teeth. Then you take the wire out. You'd go ahead and you'd do IPR after yeah. you derotated them interproximally in the actual yeah. interproximal contact. And then yeah. you would go ahead and you'd put in like a C chain, something just to tighten up those contacts, and it'd pull all the teeth back a little bit, and they'd tighten all up. That's how exactly. IPR has been done for since the beginning of IPR. So to and say it, that, yeah, yeah we have and to you, do it. Yeah, go ahead, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and if you do approve cases, and this happens to all of us, even those of us who do very clearly um, communicate to the tech that, hey, I only do IPR at stage 1, 12, 24. Like when my patients are in the chair, now it tends to be 116 or 1. <laughs> whatever or like we're stretching it out more and more but we tell them when we want to do it but once in a while we approve a case and we didn't see the light show and whatever so you can always do ipr early you can never do it late because once friction happens it happens and i will say 
sometimes you have friction um, and there's no IPR planned. And if you have friction, the tooth also will not rotate. So again, uh, yep. whether you're checking with floss or whatever, adding a little polishing strip here and there, it's not like I'm anti-IPR. If you have friction and you want that tooth to move, you're going to need to polish the surfaces to let it slide through the door. Um, so that that plan that you set up, which is probably an amazing plan. So let it happen. Uh, it's easier to close spaces than to have friction. So, um, but yeah, you can always do IPR early. Um, so if they're popping and up at seven, nine, whatever, well, you need to do it at least at a liner six before the lights show starts to happen. Yeah, I'll give a slightly different. I do IPR sure. up to two aligners past would be my maximum. Okay, okay. Um, but if you plan IPR, you have to do it or go into yes, refinement. You if it. you have like lower canine to canine and you're like, hey, I'm supposed to do this IPR because I'm worried about recession or whatever. And then you look at it clinically and you're like, hey, I think we're fine. I'm just going to leave it. What will happen is all of those teeth will be squeezed together by the aligner. And yeah. there's only one direction they can go, right? You cannot, uh, the tooth will not go incisally because there's a tray hitting down on the incised ledge. You can't have the tray, the tooth go buckly or lingually because there's plastic preventing it. So what ends up happening is if you tighten that too much, that tooth is going to intrude. And you yeah. see it all the time. It's called the watermelon seed effect. You're getting squeezed from the mesial and uh, the distal by the neighboring teeth. And whichever tooth is kind of like loses the fight, that tooth will actually intrude. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you plan IPR, you either have to, and you choose not to do it, either go into refinement or I guess do it. But those are, you, yeah. you have to. So, and if you, yeah, you can maybe get away with one aligner, two aligners afterwards, but if it's going to be more than that, then that tooth is going to start intruding and you miss the boat. Or yeah, that's the tray a, that's a really good stop fitting. That's the other option. The tray will just not yeah. fit at all. Yeah. And you end up, you'll, you'll know that happens to you, whether you have that like one tooth that's intruded, usually it's a lower incisor or it's a staircase effect. All of a sudden you're like, what happened here? We were level. Things were going good. It always yeah. happens to a hygienist who you're treating. And <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden it's a staircase and God help you. It's, it's hard to recover from it. It's not as bad as a molar submerging into the quicksand, but it, it's, it's not easy. It, it's not easy for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's super, uh, I think I love that. Um, cause yeah, that's a lesson that, I mean, I don't think I've learned that that long ago, probably within the last couple of years, cause we saw some patients and that happens if you order those overcorrection aligners, the overcorrection, meaning the virtual C chains, mm -hmm. you know, we get into the habit, like, Oh, we're trying to be so efficient. We might get a hole in one. And what if we have residual space? So let's Add on the overcorrections at the end of the set. Well, how many hole in ones have you got? Apparently, I've got none. I don't even know how to. What am I doing driving the ball? I don't even know how to drive the ball. There's zero chance Kelly's getting one. Um, but, and I used to do the same thing. I would have my passive aligners and my overcorrection. But yeah, what happens me too, is, me too. you, first of all, you end up throwing all of those in the garbage, um, which is not nice for the earth. And it's just, just it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but you end up delivering them. You end up delivering them by accident or you didn't inform your team members of your fancy, fancy plan because I'm planning, you're planning, but we didn't tell, you know, Mariana yeah. who's delivering it and she's giving them all. And so she doesn't know to tell the patient. Don't the worry, these last three. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so they, they end up having them all. And one, they're calling in the front desk that, oh my God, these ones are hurting. And we're like, suck it up. Aligners <laughs> don't hurt. <laughs> That's they what we say. Much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, but anyways, you end Kelly, up I like how you go from being the sweetest when you're like, oh, they come back in and I retreat them for no charge because they, they haven't. And then just like, suck it up, buttercup, like deal with There's it. Things 
<laughs> there's things I can put up with and there's things I can't put up with. <laughs> That's the stickers that I had to create. But yeah, because there's only so much I can deal with. But so then what happens is in your initial set, you just stop ordering those sea chains because yeah, you're not going to, you're not getting a hole in one. Like I agree. If yeah. you're going to do a C chain, like I'm not anti C chain. I'm just like, yeah. my philosophy is to tighten the contacts strategically where they need yeah. to be tightened at the end of treatment. So you finish exactly. treatment, you floss all the contacts, you write down all the loose contacts, and then you just tighten those ones yeah. with customize, customize with fake IPR. So you go ahead and you customize yeah. it. So you only tighten where you need it. But yeah. I, I could see for sure the argument to be made that, you know, this is probably your last batch then yes. order yeah. your three virtual C chain. But you're seeing someone who's like, I don't know, gnarly, crazy bite and they're 16 or they're 14 and they're still growing and you've got class two correction and they've got like their central incisors twisted completely sideways and there's a tooth in their nose and you're like, hey, let's get some yeah. virtual C chain at the end. Like <laughs> virtual C chain is your enemy unless you're yeah. done because like yeah. you mentioned earlier, friction is the enemy as well. Like you yeah. don't want teeth tight if they're tight, they won't move past each other. And your problem is, is that everything stops moving. It, it just all, it's too tight. Either teeth intrude or something goes off track um, or the trays stop fitting. And so what we do, so one of the things I, I kind of learned pretty early is that I'll actually ask the technicians to um, ensure that there are no um, heavy collisions between teeth during movement. Sometimes right. if you look at your ClinCheck and you look really up close and you're looking right in at it, you can see how the teeth are kind of like bumping against each other like bumper cars. Yeah. And, and so I say no collisions during movement. I don't necessarily ask them like, please give me like half a millimeter of space between every contact. Like not like that. But it's no. just like yeah. ensure no collisions during teeth during movement. I ask that on every ClinCheck because right. it ensures like you were just saying there, if you don't do that, you have to use your finishing strip and you floss the teeth every time they come in. And then you're like, oh, crap got to take contact between these two teeth. Okay. Finishing strip, finishing strip, like back and forth. Yeah. And, and then you're like, Oh, next one. Oh yeah. Another tooth. Okay. And, and you floss it all. And it's like, technically the dentist is the only one who can really use that finishing strip. Yeah. And, and what a waste of time versus exactly. just telling the technicians to like ensure no collisions. Maybe that added two aligners in the grand scheme of that patient's treatment that for exactly. two aligners, the teeth moved just to make sure there was enough space. And then they all slide past each other. Do I yeah. really care if the patient finished in like, let's call it a year and two weeks or a, or 11 months? Like, I don't care. Well, and the reality is those extra two aligners were insurance that your rotations and your root tip and everything happened. did work totally. because everything would have fell short. As soon as they hit, they would have stopped. And so that provider who approved that with, with the, with the collisions happening they're definitely ordering more aligners than two to 100%. fix it. So anyways, yeah. you learn, you learn these it's, things it's as the you go. It's the irony of what we see, which is that like, yes, we use more aligners right off the bat. Yeah. But we also, by, by changing the staging, making sure that everything tracks perfectly and is on the right pathway. But it's also like, well, in the end, we, I, I almost never, ever, 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 we were talking about this in clinic this last week, have a mid-course correction. Almost yeah. like the, yeah. the the whole getting off track. Like we have lots of refinements. Don't get me wrong. We refine all the time, but we yeah. don't have cases where you get halfway through and things stop fitting. Like it just yeah, doesn't happen. That, that's yeah. That's so funny. Cause when I worked with, um, you lab the last 18 months, 
it, it, you can order what you need. So you can do stints and you can reevaluate. So you could order if you had a 40 aligner set, let's say I planned a 40 aligner set because, you know, we, we plan big cases here in Canada. So we plan it and they're like, well, why are you ordering all 40? Like you should order 10 and 10 and 10. First of all, I'm too cheap to pay the shipping. Not It's not me, it's my clients, but still like, why would yeah. I do that? Doesn't make sense to me. But I'm like, why would I do that? I planned a, an amazing plan. It's going to work. I, I know it's going to work and I'm even new to your product and whatever, yeah. but I, I trust the it's going to work. Are like, yeah. And, they, and, they're and the same. Exactly. And so, you know, once in a while, like if there was like an impacted canine that was completely, absolutely crazy and I planned 50 aligners. Okay, sure. There's a, maybe, maybe it will go off. Yeah. So maybe I'll at 24 where I start to think if it's going to go off, it's going to be right at stage 24. Me and you, we could guess at that. So sure, if I don't want to pay for all the aligners, I, that's what I would do. Um, but if you've planned a good set um, and you get good at it, very rarely do you abort mission. And so I think that's another thing. Yes. Things I knew, uh, things I wish I knew, is that when you're monitoring your patients and you're looking, not that you shouldn't look carefully and and do your due diligence, you should. But don't hyper look. Don't be looking so closely that you're finding problems just to scan at week six oh, because you yeah. see some Good little one. crazy thing that's off. Yes. Like go, 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 go. Keep them yeah. moving. Yeah, I think the key is this. I, I get asked a lot, and I should really put a whole lecture together for this. How yeah. do you know when you should go into refinement or not? And yeah. the answer to it, in my opinion, is, is it what I call the rate determining step? Yeah. So if you look at it and I'll get doctors being like, should I go ahead and like jump into refinement? And it's a very valid question. You don't really know. Yes. And you're looking and you're like, oh crap, like the, I don't know, the two, four, the upper left first premolar, it's not fitting at all. Like it's, 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 there's a big gap. And then you're like, ooh, that's not great. But then you actually look at the clincheck and you're like, what movements are we really trying to do? And you're like, oh, well, we've got a canine that's way high up in the upper right, the one, three position. And you're like, we need to bring that canine down. Like, that's the thing that is most important. And the two, four, the upper left first premolar, what are we really doing there? N nothing. Like, that tooth maybe, like, it moves a teeny bit. Like, it intrudes, it extrudes, whatever. I don't care. But right. you look at that and you're like, this is not the rate determining step. This does not matter if it doesn't track because the one, three, the upper right canine, that is what takes time. That yeah. needs to come down. And so we're pulling it down with an elastic or whatever. So no, like, do I care that that one tooth isn't tracking? No. And likely, am I going to get a hole in one on this shot? No, I'm not. Yeah. So do I care if I'm going to end up being five feet from the pin or if I'm going to be seven feet from the pin? Yeah. Oh, all this golf for you, Kelly. I know I'm telling <laughs> you. But like literally the putt's pretty much the same. And maybe not saying five yeah. feet or 10 feet. Maybe I should say that it's like, you're going to be like on the green and you're going to be like, 20 feet from the pin or you're going to be 22 feet like do yeah. i care if that doesn't fully express no i'll clean it up later and do it yeah. or if i don't get it then um uh, like and if i like whatever if i get it i get it if i don't i don't but it pretty much leaves me in the same spot anyways that i care most yeah. about that one big movement but if it's the yeah. big movement like let's say that that canine's not tracking and we're trying to bring it down with aligners then you're like oh crap like right now I'm like aiming towards the water and I'm hitting my ball into the water and I need to yeah. like redirect because there's no point in, in, in like seeing this through to completion because everything could track except that one, three, but the yes. one, three, then that takes a year for that tooth to move. Like we still, no matter what, we're going to have a year yes. once we get into a new set of trays. So there's no point in wasting our time, get into refinement.
Exactly. Another big thing, and um, this is like something that we hear all the time, or we see on our Facebook, like study groups or study groups all around the world, really, uh, you always see it a few times a year is people freaking out about wiggly teeth. And they're like, oh my God, so I have them holding for three weeks. I remove the attachments. It's like they're completely panicking because the teeth are moving. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting. The reason why, like I get it, um, Regina Blevins kind of told me to stop freaking out. And she was like, probe the teeth. And if you have high probing scores, then you've got a problem. But the thing that's interesting is that with brackets and wires, it holds everything together. So you never see wiggly teeth until you deband. And once yes. you deband, it's amazing. If you look closely, especially if you like were just finishing, like you, you had a very efficient case. And you yes. feel the lower incisor and you're like, ee, 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 ee. it's yeah. like a squeaky door and you're like, oh my God. But then you're pretty much done your treatment and you bond on a lingual wire or whatever. And you're like, nobody saw that. But really yeah. that's the same scenario as the aligners. It's just that because they never take their braces off, you never see it. And so yeah. that same process is happening. You just didn't know if you were doing braces because it's, yeah. it's splinted together. And, and the more rotated or crowded, like shark teeth, lower anteriors, where you're really rounding it out and we're not doing anything crazy. We're, this is all good. We're all within the bone. We're all doing fine. But you know, the, the more crowded, if they're behind each yeah. other, those ligaments are really stretching. So they are. And, 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 and sometimes those teeth are tender. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you can even depress them. Like it's, I've, yeah. it's not that I haven't been nervous. Totally. My patients are nervous, like, you know, and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, we are good. Like you have to own your confidence and be like, we're good. And but again, the probing is fine. They weren't perio compromised to begin with. So it's not like we're, you know, yeah. you know, poking the bear or anything here. Um, it's just those ligaments have stretched and you've moved them into a brand new position and it needs time for the ligaments to shorten and for the bone to, yeah. you know, solidify. It's like wet cement. I, yeah. That's what, how I tell them the concrete needs to harden. Yeah. And, and, slowing it down, telling them, okay, well, let's go to a two week cycle or three week cycle. You're just getting in your own way. You need it to get to its final destination so that the concrete can start to set. If you keep moving the post, every time the concrete is just getting a little hard, again, it's, you basically are moving through drying yeah. cement. It's harder for that tooth to move. You want to just go with the inflammation, just go with yeah, it. Just get it um, finalized. And I do yeah. want to put a point out because I've had two cases that, that break the mold. Like I said earlier, okay. things don't always happen and they don't never happen. Yes. And, and I actually have one right now where I was distalizing a lower second molar on a patient okay. and I saw that the root was conical before starting. Okay. And, and for whatever reason, I told this patient, like, we need to distalize this tooth a decent amount because he's quite class three. And, and I didn't okay. really even like necessarily want to treat this case. And he was like, no, 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 I really want to do it. So anyways, we start distalizing this tooth. And I had warned him beforehand that having a conical root okay. on a lower seven with denser mandibular bone, that it was something okay. that I was concerned about. And it's just very, very interesting because you hear the statement all the time that you don't get root resorption with Invisalign. Right. No, the exact opposite. S right. Significant root resorption. Like we're putting big forces on these teeth. And again, the root structure is terrible. Like crown to root ratio is horrible. And I'd warned him. I even have it signed in the informed consent that he could lose yeah. these teeth due to the orthodontic movements, which is not a common standard of practice I would do. But a conical right. lower tooth with bad crown root ratio with dense bone. And did you have a tad? Like, I, was it? No, I was just no. using the aligners just to like start okay. with distalizing the lower sevens. And and this tooth has had significant external okay. root resorption. Like it's it's something. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing. Here's a myth. Um, is that we say that we, you can't cause root resorption with Invisalign. And that's nonsense. 
like in my opinion, complete nonsense because teeth don't know if the force comes from braces, Invisalign, your finger. Yeah. Uh, if, If you wanted to move a tooth, you push your finger against that for three weeks straight, four weeks straight. And then, well, maybe more than that, dude, like six months straight of pushing with your finger, that tooth will 100% move guaranteed. Right. Um, just like how our tongues can do that. So if there's strong enough force or if the biology of the patient or the bone of the patient or whatever is happening has caused that tooth to experience external root resorption, like as general dentists, you guys have probably seen that you just take a regular x-ray on some random person and they've got a whole bunch of external root resorption. And then you're like, Oh my goodness. Did you have braces? Did you have like yeah. significant braces for five years? And the patient's like, Nope. Never had. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, how do you have yeah. that as root resorption? And, and the reason is, is that their body, for whatever reason, just started resorbing those roots. And so the same yeah. thing can happen then in orthodontics. Should there really be root resorption? No. Is there? Yes. So I, I do have two cases out of like more than a thousand that I look back on. And, and we've ended up in a position where the tooth has become compromised due to um, the, the, the teeth either having like root resorption or something weird going on with bone. So the third thing I would say is, but both of those patients as an aside had bad probings. The third thing is just go ahead and take a PA or a bite wing. But yeah, keep in mind that the bone is going to look like there's a radiolucency. It will look like okay. there's an infection. Even if you endo test that tooth and it shows up as normal. I, and I wouldn't necessarily jump in a root canal if you endo test it and it shows up being abnormal because I've had a lot of teeth where you're like, they're either like really hyper inflamed and, and it feels like the cold is lasting longer than 15 seconds, but the tooth isn't achy. It's not hurting right. other than right. it just feels like loose and it's sore. It's tender. And then you check them in three months, four months, five months, whenever it's stabilized. And it's like, Oh, the, the cold sensitivity is completely normal now. So okay. just keep in mind okay. that everything endo wise, in my opinion, gets thrown yeah. off a little bit. So, and, and to that point, I think we've already kind of said that, like, I mean, the movie is not reality. Um, it, it looks so easy and doable to distalize, especially in the mandibular bone, just because we're talking about that. Like, yeah. sure, like it's class three. Let's just sequentially distalize through the mandibular bone yeah. without a tad, without like, like things. It's do. I mean, I'm not saying it's not doable yeah. and that you're going to get definitely you're not going to get root absorption every time or even any of time like it's yeah, it's yeah, one totally. of these things it, it happens once in a while once in a lifetime yeah. whatever uh, yeah. but it, it's not just because the movie shows it happening it doesn't mean it's going to happen in, totally. in that instance sequentially distalizing through mandibular bone it's, uh, it's tricky dense bone. right it's ve- it's yeah. the densest bone in the body especially the posterior mandibular so yeah and uh, um, maybe we, i'll finish off with my last yeah. one here and okay. then i'll let you have one more too here's my yeah. last one then is mm also understanding and recognize what I wish I learned a bit earlier is that two things. I'm going to do a two-parter. One, you okay. cannot make every case successful. No. If patients are not willing to do their part, they're not wearing the trays, their hygiene is not good. They're not on board with all that. We're personal trainers. We are mm-hmm. not the players. Uh, where I should rephrase that. We're the coaches. We're the co- I say coaches, personal trainers, teachers. That's who we are. I yeah. can't write the test for you. I can't play the game for you. And I can't do your, your exercises. I can't lift the weights. And so at the end of the day, if you don't do it, you're not going to be successful. And it's not because we, as a clinician, set things up poorly. And so not every case is, is going to go perfectly. Um, and, and, and that's just the reality of it. The other thing is, is not every patient should be treated to a perfect class one molar canine ideal everything. Someone yes. walks in and they have no lower jaw. 
They're so retrognathic. Are we going to be able to get them into class one occlusion? Not without surgery. If someone like this case here, he's showing up with the huge class three and we're trying to do some hero, uh, we say hero dentics in dentistry yeah. for trying to like save mm -hmm. a hopeless tooth. If we're trying to do some hero orthodontics, when really like, what does this patient need? This patient needs surgery. And yeah. he convinces and convinces and convinces and says, no, 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 no. We're going to do it this way. And then sure enough, you look at it and your, your spidey sense is tinkling saying like, no, either we shouldn't do this comprehensively. Like I have some class three cases where they do have crowded teeth. And I've said to them, look, you need surgery. And they're like, I don't yeah. want to do surgery. And I'm like, okay, I can get your teeth straight in their current position, but I'm not changing your anterior posterior forwards backwards position because yeah. I, yeah. we would be at it for four years and things like this, like severe root resorption from significant movements with small clinical crown to root ratios, like informed consent, like my patient signed everything, but I, I don't feel good about it. There's certain times when you should say like, no, we're not going to treat to perfect class one because yeah. it's just no, not nowhere you possible. can get or ask a friend. Um, if, if, cause we, there are those patients who are like crazy, um, you know, severe open by class three and do they deserve to look better and have a bit more function if they're anti-surgery, if for whatever their reasons yeah. are, they, whatever. Yeah. Um, sure. Yes, we can get it better, but you're not even going to be close to ideal and show them some pictures of what that looks like. Uh, yeah. What is the compromise you are signing up for? Um, and you know, and yeah, when we're, when you ask me to set it up, I will tell yeah, you we'll, we'll what tell we are you, capable of. Yeah. We'll sometimes tell you, we might be the ones who say no, like, yeah. Or um, refer this we'll, to an orthodontist. This yes. is not, this is, this is a surgery case. And like, we need to like help yeah. you stay within the box so that you don't end up one day regretting this. We'll, yeah, we'll be I'm, your safety net to make sure you don't do something stupid. Yeah. Do no harm. There's no, there's no profit yeah. and there's no sleep in these types of cases. Yes. But again, to that point, if, if there's a patient who has been everywhere, absolutely doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really they, matter. They, they understand the compromise. Yeah. 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 Get their teeth closer so they can bite into a piece of food and they can get married. Yeah, goals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life goals. Um, I don't have a big, like, I wish I saved a, the yeah, best you got one the for best last, one. but anyways, I will just say for just like uh, general practitioners or even uh, orthodontists who are just kind of getting into aligners and, you know, they've been limiting themselves like aligners can't do that or aligners can't do this um, to not be afraid of partnering auxiliaries with your aligners, like think creatively, do not be afraid of elastics. It's an elastic, calm down and everything <laughs> in ortho, almost everything is reversible. Um, you know, if you've moved something the wrong way, you can move it back again within reason. Yeah. Whatever, Ignoring but like the last two cases I just was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we, yes, we, in general, doing, agreed, hundred <laughs> percent. We we do hard cases, like we do big, totally, hard, totally. hard cases. So these are not your just you know your generic cases, but you know, be don't be afraid to use like elastics and bond some buttons and learn about carriers and learn about all the extra features and software features that Align or any other software company that you use um, has to offer you because these are your friend and they're meant to be partnered together so that you're giving your patient the best possible solution that you're not just sticking to your one tool. And that's the best I can do with this tool because totally. they deserve better and it makes it more fun. Yeah. That you understand. I like the whole that. Thing. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Okay, we got Great a little session. bit crazy there. Yeah, we went so a little little hard. long, but uh, don't, hopefully... Don't, don't hate us. Yeah, I, you know, nobody's come to me and said our podcasts are too long, but I really do appreciate those who come up and give insights and feedback. And I feel like it's likely there's going to be some people afterwards who... Somebody said this before. They're like, when you guys give more personality and you're like your, yourselves... 
not that we're like putting a mask on any times, but like I do enjoy just kind of being more open and like maybe we'll say something that someone looks back at and they're like, oh, I can't believe like you guys said something inappropriate or you said a bad word or something. But like, oh, does Kelly I, go to church? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that like this is this is fun. I think we should keep on with this style of uh, just not not worrying quite so much i guess would be yeah. the thing of of the yeah. of saying not something that so serious yeah not exactly serious. hopefully so. no one has crashed today with all my screeching and i don't know if i scared <laughs> yeah. i could have you're listening in traffic sure. right now awesome well, well it's been a pleasure great and as if always, i don't Kelly. see you before um no well it's well i'll am I, i'm not going to see you in august yeah probably. well we'll Maybe. see each other soon enough but yeah yeah soon enough we've got okay. we've got some great courses coming up we've got austin one day event, one yeah. day, two day, two days, two days yeah. in Austin, deep dive. As in September. Oh my God, we have Summit yeah. speaking at Summit. Yeah. Um, yes, so yes. that's super fun. What else? I'm going to the CAO for anyone who happens to be sneaking oh, in your GPs yeah. or my orthodontists who follow us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, CAO. Um, what else is happening? Uh, in the fall, I we're, we're, I don't know if this will be announced by the time this podcast comes out, but I think we're likely going to be speaking in Washington and maybe New York City is, is the plan. Yeah. We'll see. If that comes to fruition, um, we might be speaking in San Francisco and Los Angeles again in December. Okay. Other than that, like you said, mixed dentition in November. Come in to Toronto. Toronto. Come to Toronto. It'll be a good I mean, time. I'm at all these events, but I'm from again, Burlington, so it's my yeah, place. This so is your come. backyard. And again, any course we ever run, if you come and you're not happy and you didn't find value in it, just let us know and we'll go ahead and give you a full refund because we, like we talked about raising the clinical bar for doctors, we want to raise the clinical bar for um for for patients uh we we want to raise the clinical bar for your education and make sure that you really find value in it so we're we're here for that so we haven't found anyone who hasn't loved us yet so far i've been pretty good i think there's one one out of we've taught 1300 doctors and there's been one request for a refund so we're doing pretty good maybe they just needed the money for something else how could (laughs) they have not liked it whatever they're quick learners they just took it you know maybe if if we're not everybody's cup of tea i think that's fine too so all right. Well, okay. cool. I'll be offended. But... <laughs> Kelly, give me if, their names. If you request your money back, she's coming after you with the golf club because she doesn't. Kelly's know, watching. She doesn't know how to use it for anything else. So. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, have okay. a great night. All right. You too. Okay. Bye, Kelly. Bye.